Hello, everybody. It is December 22nd, 2016, and you're listening to the Talking Games podcast. I'm Bobby Shortle. I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hi there. We're running just a, a two-man show yes. this week. Uh, Kelsey is super sick, and it's uh, really late for you. So <laughs> it's the two of us holding down the fort here. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Overwatch this week. Talking Games favorite, Overwatch. Talking Games contender for Game of the Year, I would assume. For sure. For sure, a contender. Sure. Contender. It's definitely on... It's it a, might be a contender. It might be a contender. I'm sure it's high on most people's lists. Yes. Seems like everyone who was on this podcast, both still on it and left, but will be back for the end of the year awards, yeah. really likes that game. So uh, it, it's definitely a strong contender. Um, but yeah, we... Competitive was it season three, season two? What is it started? Started uh, three, three just started, or has been going on for a while now. When you listen to this, the show it might even be over. When does it end? Uh, they go for three months at a time. Oh, three months at a time. Okay, yeah, it, it, it goes for a bit. Okay, cool. So that's going right now. Um, and we talk about Overwatch a lot. And I was mentioning to Justin right before we started recording that what I think happens, and I think it happens with any game that we play a lot or groups of people play a lot is you start to have a shorthand talk for, for how the game works and what you want to do. Um, and I think sometimes that can be tough for people who want to get into it or who played a little bit and want to get better at it. Um, and, and I think for a lot of people with a lot of first person shooters, they might like playing single player and not being able to play multiplayer because they can't get good at it. Or with this game, they might really like just playing it, but maybe they want to get a little better at, at playing it. And there are things I think you can do that can make you much better, but I think people don't often think about it because it's a different skill set than a lot of people think about when they play games normally. And Justin, you are uh, very good at multiplayer shooters. Thank so, you. So I'll take that compliment. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough for me to say. So, so I think that, and you play a lot of Overwatch. How many hours do you put into Overwatch at this point? One hundred and sixty-five. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot. Yeah. That's I think more hours than I ever put into any game ever. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. We've talked about my... I know that you've always been like, uh, you play things for a certain amount and then you stop. Yeah. You've never played like like a big open RPG or anything like that. I think I got to about 100 in Skyrim. I think that was... that, And that was but think about ludicrous it. for me. What about like GoldenEye on N64? Like, I, at the time, there was, like, you know, like, or a game like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, a game that you play with gotcha. kids in your school or whatever, you would have to put in, like, because th- that's what this is for me. It's not like right. there's a campaign I'm putting it mm-hmm. into. I'm, I'm playing a ladder, uh, like, a Latter-day Goldeneye with my friends. Yeah. I mean, probably Smash Bros, Melee, or Brawl are probably the the two that would be close to that. Uh because there's been a lot... I mean, it's possible, but a game that actually tracks your hours. Yeah. The only ones for me that have probably topped this, um, I probably Halo 2 and um, Destiny. Yeah. But those are it. And I probably might have caught Halo 2 by now. Yeah. Destiny, I think I have like... I mean, I have a lot less than any of you guys do, but... Over 50. I definitely know over 50 hours. Yeah. And as far as days go, I'm. I think I'm at like... 13 days in Destiny. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of... And I think as out of my group, I'm on the low... Like, the far low end. Yeah, if, if you guys have the, the Destiny app and you and you click over to Jackie Turner's profile... Well, that's unfair because she just leaves her console that's true. on for that's, weeks at a time. That's true. I always forget about that, that she just leaves it going... She's in orbit for days at a time. Um, but, yeah. Overwatch... Um, Overwatch is something that that is uh, captured the I guess the, like the, I guess the word my right word might be zeitgeist mm-hmm. like it is for sure it has become its own thing uh, it has grown beyond what like a game aspires to be most of the time like as far as uh, especially for a game that has no single player component mm-hmm. the amount of cosplay and you know web comics memes. Um, little shorts that they put out um, has the fan base like in a fervor and it's caught on with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and the game recently was on sale. Um, it's probably on sale right now. If you look, I think it is actually on the PlayStation store and on Xbox live for like 35 bucks. Um, and a lot of people have picked it up. I've gotten a lot of messages from people lately 
um, saying like, hey, I just bought a PS4 on a whim. I bought Overwatch. Like, let's <laughs> get together and play. And I think that mm-hmm. all that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sat down. Um, I had taken a break from Overwatch for a couple of weeks playing through Titanfall completely had my attention. Um, and Cody, uh, we've mentioned on the show mm-hmm. a couple of times, uh, it's becoming a fast friend. He became a fast friend of, of me and my group um, through Overwatch. And um, he was like, you know, the, the, the latest competitive season just came out. Um, let's jump back in and play like a little bit. And we knew that there was um, a holiday event that was going to be coming up. There usually is around the holidays. They had, you know, Junkenstein's Revenge mm-hmm. uh, for Halloween and then the summer games for the Olympics in the summer. So we knew around Christmas there's going to be something. Let's start playing. Let's get a little bit of money and get like in-game loot um, and try and save up for some loot boxes for when the holiday event comes around. Um, so competitive, uh, this season underwent like a big change. And we actually have a question about that, um, which we got a few weeks ago, but I was, I was holding onto in my back pocket knowing that we were going to talk about it. Uh, Tanner nation. Who's at the Tanner nation, uh, says, I know I ask about overwatch a lot, but there's controversy about the ranking system. What do you guys think? Now he actually sent that before I had really keyed into what was going on with the competitive season this time around. And there actually is like a decent amount of controversy about it. For the first season in Overwatch, um, the competitive season, you had like a, a, a ranking of, I think it was like 1 to 80, and you play your 10 placement matches, and it would give you a number. And so like my number ended up being 48, because I was playing with a, a solo queued. I went into a queue by myself with a whole bunch of randoms, not on mic, and I think I was like 6 and 4. And so they gave me a ranking. I went up, um, and the reason that you play competitive is you get... Uh, special currency through playing competitive at the end every round you win you get some and then at the end of the season you get like um like a handful and you can get golden guns with that currency so you can pick like one character and golden gun they changed season two and instead of being like one to 80 it's one to five thousand so every round you're getting some some movement on wins and losses. Whereas before you, you might not go anywhere with a win. You might not drop with a loss, but every win loss, you'll be going up and down numbers. So they changed, uh, the way that you were ranked out. And so I think I was silver and silver or gold or something like that in season one. And I ended up being, uh, for season two, I got into platinum. Uh, so I think it's bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master, grandmaster. Uh, they also made, they also like tripled the amount of currency you needed to get the golden guns, but also tripled the amount of money that you'd be getting at the end of every win at the end of every season. So at the end of last season, I ended up getting like 800 points for a golden gun. So what, what happened was that uh, what Blizzard said was at the end of last season, they had way too many people placed in the higher, like platinum, um, gold ranks and not enough people placed where they should be in the lower ranks. And I, I don't mean that in like a bad way. Right. Everybody plays the game at a different speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could have somebody who is maybe carried through, uh, and a carry would be like, you get into a team, you know, you might be a solo queue, and you might have hooked up with like a four-man group or a five-man group, and you might be new at the game, but they did, they did really well, and so you got a win that maybe you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So you could magically go like nine and one, and it's like, awesome, you are a high platinum player, but your skill level doesn't really match that. And so, like, you'll start dropping, but you're not going to drop all the way to, like, the point where you'll be players around players with your own skill. You're not doing yourself any favor by being placed in higher tier groups because you're going against players who are much better than you, and they're going to rub your face in it. And, like, that's not fun for anybody. Right, no. Uh, so this season, they said, like, look, we done messed up. There was we didn't have this balanced out the right way. You might have been a platinum player last year and gone. You might go nine and one in your placement matches this time, but you're going to be placing gold because we took a look at. Um, they measured out between like your quick play score now and maybe where you finished at the end of last season. Like we you, we placed you high, but we noticed that you fell a, a good amount. So you might do really well, but you're going to get placed in a lower tier, and that upsets a lot of people. Like that would upset me. If I was platinum last season and they put me in gold mm-hmm. because I'm getting less rewards at the end. Right. But the thing to remember is if you feel like you're not placed in the right spot, you every win you get, you get raised up like a decent amount of points. So I got placed in platinum and I feel like I could play better than platinum. And so Cody and I have been playing a ton together and we rose into diamond rank. 
Um, so since the start of let since the start of this season, I've played maybe like thirty matches, and I've gone up about four hundred points, which is enough to have moved me up an entire level. Um, we were about three wins away from getting into um, master rank, and then we hit four straight losses, which is just the way the game goes sometimes. Um, and we talked about like maybe wanting to expand some some of the vocabulary and maybe give some people some tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody. I mentioned is working on a series of videos uh, for the website, which will be some like tips and tricks. It'll be some videos of us playing together, um, which he will be talking over. And occasionally I might join him. I think um, explaining like what's going on in the match and what our thinking was on some of our good matches. We'll probably hide all of our bad ones. Um, but you know what? Even even like showing what can go wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, as we've learned, like we were feeling it. We were like feeling ourselves the other night. Like we are three wins away from getting to master rank, and I could almost taste it. And then we got hit with four demoralizing losses. <laughs> like couldn't capture the first point. Couldn't defend for anything. Um, teammates running around like chickens, like their head cut off. Like Cody was like, I just had a bad night. Like nothing was working for me. The next night, nothing was working for me. Things were working for him. So we'll probably end up showing that stuff as well. Um, But yeah, there's been some controversy, but I think in the end, um, the ranking system will be better for it. And um, I think that next season will be even smoother. Um, And so we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. So you haven't played in a while. I not since um, uh, extra life. The last time I played. When was the last time you played before that, though? A while before that. It had been a while. Before it's been that. a while before that. I I've been out of it for a while, just mostly because, you know, I've been playing a lot of other games and trying to get into that. Whenever I ha- whenever I have downtime in quotes, <laughs> it's pr- one of like two games that I always think about playing. You know, um, and it's something I definitely want to get back into. I love the game and I want to play it more. Um, and there and what I what I love most about it and this is what i said right at the beginning when we first started playing it is that i feel no intimidation jumping back in into quick play and just playing yeah you know because i don't care i I might be i'll be horrible for a couple of matches but then in a couple of matches i'll get my bearings again i'll remember why i love playing you know zarya or i love playing diva or i love playing soldier or whatever and i'll get back in the rhythm and i won't be the best player but i won't I won't hold my team down either, and I'll have a lot of fun. Uh, so that's, I think, the game's biggest strength to me is that unlike a lot of other multiplayer games, even ones that I love, when you leave it for a little while, there's a big intimidation factor coming back in because you feel like you're going to be so far behind the curve again. And the way that Overwatch is able to go, okay, we have a highly competitive aspect to this game that people are really good at it. They are in it. They're into the meta game. They know all the ins and outs. Like, this is, this is, we have this, but we also affect that, like, look, come in, play. If you're horrible, no one's going to be able to tell that you were horrible. You know, like, you, 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 you're the only one who will know, and then you can just sort of, like, do your thing and get, get better as, as you go along. I think that everybody who likes Overwatch should eventually try the competitive mode. Because after your 10 placement matches, you're going to be put, like, pretty much where you, they, they, they feel that your skill rank is at. And it's a really good gauge for like am i getting better at this game uh like granted it's it can be hard if you're going in and you're like okay well we have five five or six random people um that are not communicating with each other but you you know with every like i said with every win you move up and if you like playing overwatch you're gonna want one of those cold guns uh they actually talked about um looking down the road a bit in season five i think um completely skipping over season four they talked about season (laughs) five and they want to introduce more rewards than just the golden guns (laughs) So for me, like, I didn't really play a ton of Season 1 and 2. Like, I played just enough to, like, maybe do the 10 placement matches and a mm. little bit after that. But I've played already, I'll say, like, three times the amount this season that I did before. And it changed the way I see the game. I used to get tilted, like, pissed if we weren't winning in quick play all the time. Because that's where my friends played. And, you know, a lot of them were like, well, I don't really care, you know, like mm-hmm. if we win or lose or like, I want to try this new person. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we have to win. Like, yeah, my win percentage has to eclipse 65. Like, it has to. <laughs> and playing competitive and taking like that, like that's the attitude like I feel like I, I should have in competitive yeah. for the rank that I'm at. For sure. But like quick play now has taken on like a whole different meaning to me. Like quick play is where I go in there and I go in there to A, have fun mm-hmm. 
And B, like, that is, like, my training area for, like, I am not great with Tracer. Mm-hmm. I want to get better as Tracer. I want to play to win, but, like, I want to try this character out and see what I could do with them. And so, like, that's the way I view Quick Play now, and it is, it, it's actually increased my enjoyment of playing the game. Um, like, ever since I started playing it, like, now I'm in this mode where it's, like, I want to become at least very competent with every character that I can. <laughs> so that way, because, like, when you're playing in competitive, certain situations don't always work. The, the current meta right now in competitive is three tanks, two healers, and a soldier. Um, and one of the healers has to be Anna. Because, like, the way it's like a fighting game. Yeah. Characters are constantly balanced, rebalanced, shuffled, reworked. Symmetra just got an entire rework because they found out nobody was playing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was really useful because she has a teleporter on defense on the capture two point maps where you can set up turrets and then you can get that teleporter so you can keep defending the first map. But they found out if you lost the first point, person playing Symmetra changed at an incredibly high rate. Right. So, like, this character doesn't really work in the game. How can we change it? And so they just they reworked her kit completely. She now has two ultimates instead of one. Uh, yeah, so she had always had the teleporter, but now she has, she has the choice of using a teleporter or a shield generator. So mm. she no longer equips shields on people. She was always miscast as mm. a support hero anyway. Um, but you could hide this shield generator, and it will stay up for as long as a teleporter will. A teleporter will stay up for six uses, but the shield generator will stay up till the other team destroys it. So you hide it in a good spot that's near your team. We were defending the point on, on the second point on Hanamura, and they never found it, and we were shielded like crazy. Um, it was almost like having like Lucio's super running consistently, right? Um, which is awesome. <laughs> so you know, what, like, but the thing is, like, the character, like, you could instantly tell, like. Soldier 76 is a character who is way overpowered right now. The meta will eventually catch up with him. He'll either get a nerf or somebody will get a buff to make them stronger. The whole awesome point of Overwatch is they want to make all the characters fun to play. So, like, they never want to take this character and be like, well, we're just going to weaken him to bring the rest up, mm-hmm. uh, to, like, to bring him to the rest of the pack. They're like, we're going to make the rest of the pack, pack catch up to him. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they'll have somebody who's overpowered again, and so it'll con- constantly right. change. Yeah. Um, but that meta stuff is for, like, High level play. Yeah. Um, when you're jumping in and you're doing your placement matches, you might get you might play ten matches with somebody who's better than you, worse than you, and at the end of it, you're always going to be with like people within like a thousand points of your ranking, which is like maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, but nothing like dramatically this way or that <laughs> way. Right. They don't let the high level like the super high level players outside of their own little like little world. <laughs> um. It's actually kind of neat. Like, I have to play every seven days. Otherwise, my, ra- my ranking will drop. <laughs> uh, but I can't ever actually drop out of my ranking. If I was to get up into the next two rankings, like, it, I could degrade and fall out. So, like, they make it so, like, if you get up there, you have to be stay up there. You yeah. can't get up there by mistake, which mm-hmm. is probably why I'll never get up there. <laughs> um, so, like, what do you think? Like, general tips? Yeah, yeah. Tricks? So, what I would say is, like, okay... Let's let's start at the bare the bare base minimum here. Um, there are three modes in Overwatch for the most part. Right, right. But let's not. Even, I'm talking about you're in. You 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 do the tutorial. You do the AI match you have to do to start out. And then he goes, okay, you can play. You can jump into the game, and you're gonna, get, I'm gonna go quick play, quick play because that's what I'm gonna do because that's the first thing you see and that's what everyone does, right? You jump into quick play. You love the match. I mean, things are a little different right than it launched. Now in quick play. You can't have more than one of the same hero in in a match. Yeah. That's changed. Uh, when it when it first launched, you could have all Soldier seventy sixes if, if if that's what everybody wanted you could, to pick. And now you could still go into their arcade mode, and there right. is a, a mode in there called No Limits, and you could pick six divas. Right, exactly. Which is and unhealthy. That, that that lets things off the leash a little bit. But so they, which I think is a smart move for them yes. to do that. I was originally against it. I thought that it was different. Like what they're doing was different, and that they shouldn't have uh, a hero limitation. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. But I think it leads to more enter- more entertaining and enjoyable matches yeah. when people can't stack up certain heroes, whether or not it's something that causes them ill or causes them to be able to railroad a team that doesn't know what they're doing yet. Yeah. You know, um, I like that a lot. But let's say you're jumping in and you have the pick of whatever hero you want to pick to start out with. Who would be the first person you would pick? If you are familiar with shooting... Any type of first-person shooter, mm. I would say Soldier 76 mm. is a very competent character. He can heal. He can put down a pool to heal his team. He has um, a sprint ability, which he can always like run around. No, none of the other characters can really sprint. Yeah. Um, 
shoots a gun and uh, shoots a grenade. Yeah. Like very standard first person character, but incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are not familiar with a first person shooter at all, you're like, this is the first game I've ever played in first person. Mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercy is a healer class and she uses a beam to either heal or to amp the damage of the person that the beam is currently on. Her ultimate is a resurrection. So if you have like three people dead, you could walk over there and if you have it, you could hit triangle or I'm trying to think of the Xbox button, which would be Y. Mm-hmm. You would resurrect your whole team. Yeah. Uh, or however many people are down. Mm-hmm. She also has a gun that does a surprising amount of damage, um, but she's kind of squishy. Yes. So she can be taken out kind of easily. What's nice about Mercy, and I started playing her for the first time in months recently, is that she is um, she can be evasive when she wants to be because one of her uh, buttons allows her to like kind of glide to the closest character to her. Yeah. So you can kind of glide from character to character to get away from danger. Uh, but if you're like, look, I don't, I'm not great at aiming or anything. The beam auto aims right yeah. to whatever character that you're pointing it towards. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get up to a character that like will do a decent amount of damage or that needs some health, and you change the beam around with one of the buttons to like increase damage or um, to increase healing. <coughs> it's a super useful character. Um, there are people who have put three four hundred hours into the game as that one character right because she can she can change the flow of the entire map with one resurrection Mm -hmm. yeah uh, it's a great a great thing and i think that in just in general playing healer is a great is a great tip for someone who wants to play the game hasn't played a lot of shooters and is worried about how they're going to contribute to the game i mean i think for me lucio is a great like a first character because you can help your team and just just by being in the vicinity of your team. Yeah. You boost you can either boost their speed or you can boost their you can heal them. Um and you don't you don't have to worry even about like, okay, I have to at least get like my cursor near, you know, someone. It's just like if you have the if you have the heal on, you can switch between heal and speed. If you have the heal on, you'll heal people around you just as you go. Um and that's a good feeling because when you when you get to that end of the match and it shows you all uh, the stuff you did. If you have the most heals on your team, it feels good. You know, you you were the best at your team at something, and that, that's a good thing. Um, what would be the characters you would say to avoid the first time? Avoid the first time, yeah, or even your first couple of times when you're, when you're getting used to it. Tracer, okay. Um, just her 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 abilities are like she can blink forward and also rewind time backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, she is very 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 squishy. Yeah, she only has like I think like 150 to 200 health. Um, so she can get taken down really fast, but when you mat like you master her, and I'll say the same thing for Genji, mm. they're about quick twitch movements and like planning three steps ahead of where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a tracer will think like, okay, I want to blink forward this this way, blink to the right, then forward, then rewind backwards so I'm behind them, and then I want to throw my alt on them because they're gonna be looking at the spot I just was. Right. Uh, Genji the same way, like incredibly hard to track down. Um, but also incredibly easy to kill if you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, for healer, Zenyatta um, or Symmetra are characters where there's a lot of like, you got to keep track of a lot of different things. Yeah. Zenyatta has an orb that flies out that lands on an enemy to increase damage to them and also an orb that lands on an enemy or a teammate to heal them. But you've really got to be keeping track of like, who's got the lowest health? I accidentally put the orb on the wrong person because I was aiming a little bit off. Let me move it around. Um, tanks, um, or, uh, any of the snipers, um, Widowmaker is a hard character to play. Mm-hmm. Azaria is, uh, a more advanced character to play because it's about bubbling yourself and bubbling enemies, but you want those people, I'm, I'm sorry, you're bubbling yourself and teammates, um, but you want to be taking damage while you're in the bubble because it increases the power of her main weapon. Yeah. So by damaging her while she's in her bubble, it makes her stronger. Yeah, and that's that, the reason to avoid heroes like that too is because when you first start, it's not initially apparent to you what you're doing and why. You, if you look at each character, there's a, like a three star rating, being like this yes. character is hard, this mm. character is easy. Um, Symmetra is is, is uh, not Symmetra. I'm sorry, uh, Sombra, one of the newer characters, is a hard one to figure out mm. um, because they're very. A lot of the, some of the characters have like very specific pur- purposes. Yeah. Um, like t- Sombra to me is an assassin. Mm-hmm. Like she goes invisible, she comes out, and she's looking to pick off lower um, health heroes or heroes that have been um, critically damaged. Mm-hmm. 
and you want to pick them off and then, you know, run invisible to get in there, pick them off, and then she has a recall at, like, Tracer and recall backwards. Um, her hacking ability will stop people from being able to use their abilities. They mm-hmm. can still use their guns. Um, but it's very situational. Yeah. Used the right way, incredibly powerful, but, like, I'm not great with her. Right. And I put in almost 200 hours in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, those are the ones I, I, I would stick a, a stay away from for yeah. a while. I think um, Reinhardt is a good one to start Reinhardt's with. Reinhardt's a good time to start with. Yeah. Do with a big shield, swings a big hammer. Yeah. Um, Again, look, like, another thing where you can feel good without doing a whole yeah. ton, you put up that shield and you sit in front of your people and you absorb some damage and it's a great way to help your team and not have to be in a Twitch-based way. The thing that's great about that game is like there are a lot of characters that are easy to play um, but there's a surprising amount of depth hidden to them. Mm-hmm. Like you could play Reinhardt in a few different ways. Um, you know, you could play him where you just put up a shield and you walk with the shield and you let your teammates walk behind you and shoot through the shield. And eventually somebody gets close to swinging the hammer or you can play like a super aggressive Reinhardt right. who's like, I am not worried about shielding. Like I am, I am going to pretend to be shielding and then I'm going to dive into the crowd and take, um, take everybody out. Oh, right. the other healer I would stay away from is Anna. Yeah. Anna is a, a sniper healer. So you have to literally shoot your teammates with mm-hmm. a sniper rifle to heal them. Um, again, a very hard character, like a, you know, doesn't have a low floor, but has a very, very, very high ceiling. Played correctly, one of the more powerful characters in the game, but it takes a while to get there with her, um, like a lot of time. <laughs> and you need some good aim. And um, the characters I would I would gravitate towards right away out of every class, Soldier seventy six, like we mentioned, um, Roadhog. Reinhardt, Diva, even mm-hmm. um, McCree's a lot of is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, Mercy, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, May is a fun one to play. You run around with an ice gun. Yeah, you can freeze people if they get close to you. Probably my least favorite character in the game. <laughs> um, you can get away with pretty much anybody. Like if you were to pick one of the three star characters, you could figure out their their kit mm-hmm. or what they do. Very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's about mastering that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why there's three stars there, is that you, you might get in, you might be able to get in the door really easy, but mastering that character will be a lot harder than mastering one of the one-star or two-star characters. Right. And one of the things you're picking characters, too, you know, uh, there's different classes of characters, right? Yeah. You've got attack, you've got support, you've got... Defense. Defense, and, and you've got healers. Yeah. And tank. Um, tank, sorry, yeah. So... I think in some cases, like a healer, there, there's an uh, there's an obvious connotation of what you need to be doing as a healer, right? Your job is to heal people. Most likely, you're going to be a, a squishy character who can take a lot of damage, so you want to avoid taking damage while healing, because that's your main goal. A tank is someone who absorbs a lot of damage, is meant to sort of get into the fray and, and push the line uh, through. I think when you get to support and like slash defense or whatever. Yeah, defense. Defense. When you get to defense and when you get to the attacking characters, I think in some ways they, it might seem obvious when you hear those names, but I think that, for instance, with an attack character, and obviously it's going to vary from person to person depending on what character you are exactly, but in general, what should be your strategy as an attack character? You want to like try and... Um... You want to be on the front lines, right? But you don't want to be so far front because most of the attack characters have, let's say, like a medium health bar. A medium health bar do do a lot of damage, but can't take an ex- extreme amount of damage. It's not a game that you can go gung ho with, like gung ho with, um, pretty much ever. Like, yeah, like you could do it. Like you could have like a a really great moment where you use your ult correctly, or you just get the right the right situation where you're like I just killed five people in ten seconds. Like that's great. But that's not the norm. It's not Call of Duty. It's not Titanfall. It's not anything like that. It is a team-based shooter. So you want to be with your teammates. You want to you want to be like the the everyman to everybody. You want to stick but you want to stick near your tanks, especially if there's a Reinhardt. You want to be behind your Reinhardt, especially if you're a Soldier seventy six. If you're a tracer, your goal might be to uh, or a Genji. Your your goal is to harass. You might go in and you might just like pepper people down and then run away. Or you might go over to their like what what like a lot of people do now with those two characters is they don't even go for the point they go for their the other team's spawn and they wait for people to come out and they pepper them all the way back to what that while they're running back because mm-hmm. it's gonna slow me down if I have a tracer and I'm a like I'm a healer that's coming mm-hmm. back like I am going to die unless somebody helps me um, 
your other attack characters like a reaper or whatever your goal like you have shotguns if you think about it like i need to be up close to somebody but i can't walk up to them up front reaper has a teleport that allows him to teleport to anywhere he can see so if he could see it there's a chance like and it's not too far like way way far away he can teleport to it comes behind he's like an assassin character um i'm trying to think who else is like on the attack attack things like we talked we mentioned somber before mm-hmm. she's an assassin she wants to like come in and pick off heroes soldier soldier 76 is the one hero and mccree i would say that like their goal is to be playing on the front lines taking out anything that gets in their way where the other ones are more about coming from the sides mm-hmm. um you're playing a tank character if, uh, like say other than reinhardt if you're playing roadhog you have a giant hook you want to be hooking characters pull them towards you and let your team pick them off like the game doesn't really work without all the components or all the 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 phases or teammates in the game working together. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to like single-handedly wreck the an entire right, team. Yeah. Um there's tons of like 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 I said Cody is working on videos for like maybe some tips tips and tricks in video form mm-hmm. which is easier to explain yeah. um and see where you're seeing the the benefits of playing a character, what not to do with a character mm-hmm. and uh we know there's like there's a whole bunch of new people playing the game. Um so, you know, hopefully we find things helpful. I, I find that playing the game loosely, um, having fun, jumping on mic if you can and communicating with people on the internet is always a scary thing. I, even I don't like doing it a lot of the times. But there's a surprising amount of okay people playing Overwatch. And you'll always get you'll always get the idiot who likes to curse you out in like f- 50 different ways and has sex with your mother every night and so on and so forth. You're always going to run into those people. Right, of course. You want to do your best to just like let it roll off the back, like let it roll off your back, move forward, quit the match, find a new one. Mm-hmm. You're not doing any harm when you leave a match in quick play. If you're not having a good experience, just leave, move on to something else, like move on to another game, find a better team. And I, I've had a ton of success doing that. Have fun, like it's a game about it's it, like this is a game about having fun. And if you really want to succeed in the game, like find out what your objective is, like find out this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and like do your role. Um, which is like, a, like a, a, in PC land, that's like a derogatory thing you can say to somebody. Play like, your class. Play your class. But like, it is, the, if you want to get better at Overwatch and you want to succeed in playing the game, like it, it is a very simple thing that you could do. If you're, if you're like a healer Zenyatta, like, yes, you could do a ton of damage and you could lead your team in kills, but you also want to make sure that you're, you're, you're healing as well. Right. Um, if you're playing, um, if you're playing a, a Soldier 76 and he's like way in the background and mm-hmm. like afraid of dying, like you're not playing that class the way that it should be played. Right. So maybe like that's not the speed that you should be playing at. And there's mm-hmm. somebody else that you could try. Um, it's, it, it's, man, it's one of the best shooters I've ever played mm-hmm. because everything flows so cohesively. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that a lot of, I'm glad that a lot of people are picking it up and like, and asking for like some tips and tricks since they know that we played a ton Mm-hmm. Um and like look out for those videos that we're gonna be putting out. Yeah, does I, you bought it physically, right? Yes, I wish I didn't. Yeah, so do you ever get that itch like when you see it like on sale, like being like, hey, I should just buy it yes. digitally so I don't have just to worry so about I don't a disc. ever have to put the disc back in. Yeah, because I've been playing a lot of games lately. Yeah, um, and it is unno- like it sounds like the ultimate like I am lazy thing ever, but like. The last thing I want to do is like get up and change discs. I know, I get it. Um, oh, and I, I wanted to mention so. Um, we talked about the competitive season, but the um, holiday oh, yeah. event is going on right now. I, t- I think until January third, um, they've uh, snowified a couple of the maps. That's cool. Um, I think uh, it's Kings Row and Hanamura are all covered in snow. Uh, every uh, every little bit, they add new brawls to the game. So right now, the brawl is May. It's a uh, going back. We mentioned Goldeneye. I played Goldeneye on one hit, one kill. Uh, and that's what it is with May. She has a snowball gun. You get one one ammunition, and you get to <laughs> shoot it, and it shoots a little bit of an arc, but if you hit somebody, they die, and everyone is May. Um, and you have to run around after you shoot your shot, look for a snow like a specific snow pile, hold L2, and then get mm. your shot back. It's it's something. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the, they have like holiday skins and stuff. We talked about it before. Mm. They have a really, really awesome Zenyatta skin, which is the Nutcracker. Um, a Torby skin, um, who is Santa, and um, uh, Winston skin, who is a Yeti, which is just awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I spent, hear people are not happy with the May skin. The May skin is a, like it's almost like a recolor of one of her original skins, yeah. but it did change something, which they didn't advertise. Like normally, when May, one of May's abilities is she 
puts herself into it like an ice block where she can heal up and also take no damage. Her ice block becomes a snowman oh. with this particular skin, which they should have advertised. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Uh, Let me ask you before we, go we go too far away. I'm going to ask you a couple final questions about strategy and Overwatch. Go ahead. All right. First of all, let me ask you a question because I've been playing it for a while. We mentioned this before. When I when we first when you first started playing the game, when it first came out, both Bastion and Chor- Torbjorn were characters that you could use to kind of overcome not being great at the game because they had they they were able to chew through a lot of enemies very quickly. Yeah. Is that still the case? Bastion is 100% a bastard. Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't like play. I have like 45 minutes as Bastion mm. in the game. Um, it's just like I, I don't find him fun to play, um, why I never play him. And also, for some reason, anytime I did play him, I instantly died no matter what. <laughs> but it's amazing that if I go against the Bastion, yeah. he'd be a pain in the ass because he, he's this machine that turns into a giant turret mm. and can mow down anybody in front of him insanely. Like You, mm. you can get... Five kills in ten seconds yeah. as Bastion almost any time, mm-hmm. unless the team is set up for it. Yeah, um, he forces you to play the game a certain way. A certain way. Yeah, and he, a lot of people, no matter, even even if they come against it, they can't adapt to the fact that they can't run right towards right it. towards it. They have to figure out some other way to get him. And so a, a decent way around that is he chews through Reinhardt Shield too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diva has a defense matrix that she can put up and hold for four seconds, and she will absorb all the bullets. Um, a Hanzo. A Widowmaker, right. an Anna. A big range. Uh, on a, yeah. Soldier 76, a couple yeah. of bursts and a grenade mm-hmm. will just eat him alive. Yeah. He, he's not a problem at high level play at all because everyone knows how to counter him. Right. Like, oh, there's a Bastion. Mm. Switch, 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 gone. Right. Um, but at lower levels, like or like when you're first starting the mm-hmm. game, um, he is a problem to deal with. Yeah. And you'll probably see him all, like at least on, on defense points, you'll see him all the time oh, yeah. until you learn how to get rid of him. Yeah. But once you learn how to get rid of him, um, He's not bad, but then you're like randomly playing with a team that has no idea how to get rid of him, mm. and you're like, well, there's nothing I could even do because I can't snipe him because he knows where I am. Right. Uh, Torby was nerfed, uh, nerfed on consoles because he was such a problem. Yeah. Um, because the aiming on consoles is harder than it is on PC. It's, you can't get that snap, mm. precise aiming. Um, he's not nearly the same problem he used to be, but if you're not paying attention to him, he will kill you. Gotcha. That turret of his will kill you. You could take it down faster. Like, you can't just run up to it and shoot it. Right. If you're a lower level, like, if you're not low level, but if you're, like, a low health character, Mm. it'll still tear you apart. Right. But if you're careful and you you poke out at it, you shoot it, you poke out at it, you shoot it, um, you'll do just fine. Right. And they can't stack two Bastions and three Torbies now. Right, Unless you're deciding to play in that mode. Yeah. Uh, So... You know, even if there's one of each of those, you could still find your way around right. it. It's ma- it's much more manageable now that they have the hero limit. Yeah, and I think that leads to a, a a very important thing about Overwatch, which is that if you're running up against a problem, there is probably a solution to yes. it. Don't be afraid to switch characters or switch your switch your strategy about what you're doing. That's like one of the things I can say about the game the most is I have somebody in my group who last night played Zenyatta for the first time, and he has 20 less hours in the game than I do. Mm. And to me, it's a game of like. Try everybody out. Yeah. Once you're comfortable enough with the mechanics of the game, I don't care if it's a three level. Like mm. once you've got a couple matches under your belt, try a three star character. Yeah. You may surprise yourself. Yeah. I mean, I tried Zarya very early, and at that time in the star ranking, she was a three star. I don't know if she still is now. She is. And immediately, sort of warmed and you took to her. Took to her very easily, um, and did very well with her because she she plays in this sort of area that I like, which is that she's she buffs other characters, but she can also give damage, but she can take a lot of damage as well. So there's like a good mix yeah. in there for me. And finding those characters that are a good mix for you are are great. And that you in order that you need to switch around characters and do stuff. The last thing I want to ask you is what is the number one rule of strategy when it comes to Overwatch? Like what you, you you're playing the game, what 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 is the base the base rule okay. of playing Overwatch? So uh Every game has their own term for it, and um, the best way I could describe it is um, it's like drip feeding, or like in some games called kiting, where in a kiting would be like you're you're pulling a character around, mm. like you're you're pulling him towards you. I I could use kiting in the same description with for the enemy team. Um, the last thing you want to do is have you have six characters. 
Well, all six characters go in and one person dies, two people die, but the other four stay alive. Now the two people respawn back at the base and as they run forward, the other two more people die. Mm -hmm. And now you've got like a continuous train of, of your team running up to the point, engaging two on six, three on six, and dying just in time for one of your healers to come in with an ultimate mm. or um, your other two or three teammates to arrive. If you die and you notice, um, you can see like, okay, I look forward at the point and I see three skulls. There is, um, even if you're not on communications, you can, I think it's holding um, the D-pad or L, I think it's, it's, it's the D-pad and one of the sticks. You can, there's a group up option and you can say group up with me, group up with me. Stand outside your spawn and wait for your teammates to come back because you have a much, much, mu- like, much better chance, in, in, like, unbelievably bigger chance of taking out the enemies when you are engaging them six on six um, rather than two on six, three on six, right. f- even four to five on six. The, the enemy team has an advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing that you have to break yourself out of doing. Because, I mean, it took me forever to do it as well. Like, I'm just running back in there, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm the only person here. Why is that? And I'm right. the healer. It's because I'm not paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I, that is, like, the number one rule for me if you're playing Overwatch. Stay with your team. Right. If you notice that there are there are a whole bunch of skulls as you spawn on the point, that means don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Sit and wait for your team. And yeah. it's funny because that doesn't actually start happening uh, like I until I hit diamond rank. When I hit diamond rank, I noticed um, all of a sudden we were on defense and I noticed like they took us on as a team and they lost two people and the rest of them disengaged and mm-hmm. retreated. And I had never like 150 something hours, 60 hours in the game. Right. I had never seen an enemy team do that ever. They usually would just try and stay alive till somebody comes back, but they just, they disengaged and waited for their team to come back and then attacked us as a whole unit again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's like the number one thing I would say is... Playing your class and all that is is great and fine, but you, if you're not grouping up together, if you're going in on odd numbers, you're gonna lose. Right, which is why you know that 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 factor of grouping up is that factor of the fact that why it seems like always at the end of matches when the team has one last a bit time to rush the point, they seem to do better than they do the rest of the game. They're making their final push because they're making a final push and they're they're all together yeah. trying to get you at the same time. Uh, but all uh, for me. <laughs> thing i always think about and it's it is just remember when you're playing the game if you're new to it and people who play the game regularly know this 100 percent. but the game is about the objectives in which you're trying to capture or yeah. or defend or what have you it's not about how many people you can take out yep so be playing the objective because yeah. that'll make your it'll make your experience way better if, if you do it that i can't way. count how many times i've been playing and it's like i look behind and nobody's on the payload everyone's up there playing forward and it's like the payload's not moving Please come back. Right. Um, cool. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's it for our, our Overwatch uh, deep dive. And like, if you've been with us for a while and you're playing Overwatch, I just told you a whole bunch of things you already know. Oh yeah, for sure. And we like, hey, we appreciate you listening to it. We wanted to just do it just because, like, like I said, the game went on sale. A whole bunch of new people are playing it. The community is growing. If you like Overwatch, you want people to be playing that game. You want that community to last for a long time. So the more people that feel welcome and have an idea of what's going on, they're going to stick with the game, and they're going to right. help it grow. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It, it, being encompassing and, and doing that stuff is, is it's, really important. It's really funny, because if you like search on subreddits for certain games, um, I, I, I last saw it on a Titanfall 2, um, which sales, I've noted struggling, mm. but it's a great game. Yeah. And on, um, oh, um, what's the Borderlands company game that everyone doesn't like? Oh, Battleborn. Battleborn. Uh, they introduced like a like, hey, new player day, and so like on the subreddit, people are like, play your worst teams, like don't don't roll over these people because they're not gonna want to come back to the game. That's really funny. Um, like, be a uh, be warm, um, be welcoming, help new players out, and like that's what we want to do because we want this game to last for a long time. Right. Um, and so yeah. like, if you notice like, hey. These people have no idea how to play the game, and we, we're destroying them. <laughs> like, they're never going to come back, and your community is eventually going to shrink. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we don't want that to happen. 100%. I mean, that's, 
that's the toxicity and the problems with a lot of online multiplayer games is that the, the communities aren't welcoming for, for new people to come in. Yes. Um, and it makes them very walled gardens. So uh, we have a couple questions that we didn't get to last. And these aren't necessarily Overwatch focused. They're just uh, questions that have come in that we haven't got a chance to get to yet. So the first one I know is from uh, Luciano, uh, who just bought a PS4 and uh, and blamed we're us. Spending his money for, we're spending his money for yeah, him. Blamed it. Blamed for us uh, on Twitter. Um, it's interesting though to hear him talk about it too, because we, you know, we, uh, along the way we were sort of recommending a lot of games that you would have to buy digitally and he can't because of like bandwidth caps and stuff where he lives. Just and like, it's not something I ever think about. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Uh, so Luciano says, Hey everyone wanted to start by saying welcome to the new cast members and great job on the show so far. They're not here today, but I will pass that along to them. These days, I am sure I'm not the only one that buys games only after a lot of research and confidence that I will like the product due to financial and time constraints. Oftentimes, I know a ton about a game before I buy it, which means while I can generally be confident I'm getting a game I'd like, I I don't often experience any surprises. I recently picked up Watch Dogs 2 on sale. It was an impulse buy as I knew virtually nothing about the series or game, and I even kind of regretted it at first until I got into the game and a blast. Part of why I'm having so much fun, I think, is because of how it's all fresh to me. It reminded me of the old days when you were really based purchases on box art. My question to the crew is, have you had recent experiences playing a game that you knew little about and were surprised either positively or negatively, and do you like or dislike how much about a game with... uh, Dislike how much about a game you tend to know in advance of playing it because of things like review, social media, YouTube. Because of this, I recently picked up Hitman on sale. I know almost nothing about it other than what Bobby has mentioned on the show. I've never played a previous version. Wish me luck. Keep up the good work uh, and good luck with the end of the year shows. They're some of my favorites, Luciano. So a lot of good questions and a lot of good thoughts there about uh, environment that we buy games in and how much we know about them beforehand. First question is, have you ever played a thing recently that you didn't know anything about that you played and were surprised by? And we've had a lot of games this year that you that we knew a lot about that ended up surprising us yeah. because we liked them even though we didn't think we were going to. Yeah. Uh, like Watch Dogs fit that category for me. Right, yeah, Talked totally. last week. Steep hit that for me. Yeah. Um, well, I, I actually didn't even know. I, Steep is the closest thing I could think of, mm. but I didn't buy Steep sight unseen. Yeah. I, but it's the closest thing I can think of lately mm-hmm. that I've, do- I, I've bought as far as like I'm not 100% sure I've, I've watched like five minutes of this. Right. But that's the thing with, for me, and I'm going to assume it's the same for you, is that this is like my favorite, like my favorite thing. Like mm-hmm. this is like my number one hobby. Um, and so I've always been this way and it's why I'm sitting here on this podcast mm-hmm. is I buy a lot of games. Um, I've, o- I've always done that. Um, I- I'm trying to think, like, the last game I bought without like, knowing anything about it was 99 Nights. Oh, wow way back right before yeah. dead rising one came out yeah and i hated that game <laughs> immensely it's not a very good game no um i i spend a lot of time um like a lot of my free time um consuming games coverage so i watched a ton of upcoming things like things that aren't even out yet like i have no interest in playing the last guardian but i know exactly what it is mm-hmm. i know exactly what it looks like i know what the game is about so it's hard for me to get caught off guard by something um, like I bought Oxen Free and I really liked Oxen. Uh, um, I liked Oxen Free a lot, even though I had no idea what the game looked like, or what the story was about. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was really good. Like I, I had heard really good things yeah. about it. So it's not like I was going in sight unseen. It's a hard. I, 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 that's a hard thing for me to do is to go into a game sight unseen, just because I consume so much of this media that there's a very little that I. There's not a lot of games that I would buy that I don't already know something about. Yeah, totally. I mean, for me, uh, what makes it easier to do that in some ways is being on Steam and going through like big sales and stuff like that. That makes it easier for me because sometimes you'll see games that show up on your recommendation list or that are popular and they're on sale for $2 or $3 or $4 and you can kind of take a flyer on things that you weren't sure about. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that even though I knew what the game no sorry I, I knew about the game and heard had heard sort of general reviews of it I didn't know anything about it. I played uh, the beginner's guide earlier this year okay which is from one of the creators of the Stanley Parable yeah uh, but it's an intensely personal experience uh, and I knew nothing about it other than that like I knew that I heard people say it was very very personal 
uh, very sort of revealing about the creator himself. And I played it not knowing. And that game, the surprises in that game, really, um, really blew me away because I didn't know what what I was in for. Uh, speaking of that, the Stanley Parable was sort of similar for me. It was like I knew the general idea, which was that oh, it's funny, like the narrator talks to you and you can do things he doesn't want you to do. But the places that game go is so weird, and I didn't know those things were coming. So that was cool. But that's a different story than not knowing at all what, what you're getting into. Um, I can't remember the last time I really did that um, and said, like, oh, my God, what is this game? You know, and I mean, not that, of, of course, not that, like, I'm sure Luciano had an idea that, you know, Watch Dogs is an open world game. Yeah. And Hitman is a game where you're an assassin. So having a base knowledge of it, kind of just what it is is, is fine. But, yeah, I, I consume a lot of game coverage. It's sort of my main website, you know, traffic goes to games websites yep. i listen to a few games podcasts um and i watch a lot of quick looks on giant bomb no matter what they are like i'll just be like oh i've never heard this game before i'll just put it on because it's good to just put on and sort of zone out possibly too so i know a lot about a lot of games that come out when games surprise me it's cool but i can't think of anything other than the beginner's guide that's the one that comes to my, top of my head um uh and the other thing is, do do you enjoy that climate of knowing so much about games all the time? I would say it's the same as like as as how you feel about almost any other hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I consume a lot of baseball, so like I know about my team. I'm like for anybody else that's out there, like if you have a hobby, you feel proud in knowing or like not proud maybe, but like. You're ha- like you're happy to be involved with your hobby, mm-hmm. whatever it is. For sure. Reading, yeah, knitting, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. You're like you're thrilled to like have something that you really enjoy. It's funny. My wife was talking to me a couple days ago, and we were talking about um, friends of ours, and like they just like they don't go to the movies, or mm-hmm. like you're like I'll start like I haven't even seen the last Star Wars. I wanted to, I just haven't seen it yet. And like for me, it's like I what. <laughs> like and she's like, well, you know what it's like. She's like, you have so many things that you look forward to, that like drive you through life. She's like, you know, you get excited for like every week's releases in comics. Mm-hmm. You get excited for like games that are a year plus away. And she's like, you get excited for movies that are in twenty twenty. <laughs> she's like, but you like not everybody is like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know how they get through life. <laughs> so yeah, like for me. Getting drips and drabs of information on what Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be when it comes out, you know, hopefully a year from now. Or I'm reading an article about Destiny 2, which I think is a year and a half away. Like, that gets me excited. Like, I like that. I like being in the know about all of this stuff. And, like, occasionally, things do slip, like, slip through the cracks. Like, Watch Dogs 2. I had well over a year to look at that game and be like, I think I want to play this. But, like... I was soured on the first one, so like, why would I pay like a lot of it? Att- like, I know what Watch Dogs Two mm-hmm. is. I know what it's going to be. I could just from the marketing, I'm like, okay, they're going for a different tone, but I'm not really interested in it because I doubt it's going to be that much of a game changer. Like, I doubt it's going to move forward that much. And it took until like, a, I think it was already released. It was already released when I had ended up watching Giant Bomb's quick look of it, um, and was like, actually, this looks more interesting than I'm giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. And so I started watching other reviews on that game. Um, I enjoy video reviews more than I do the written one, uh, just because I can see, I could see it and listen to what they're saying on like what they think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't change anything. Like it's harder for me to get surprised. It's harder for me to pick up a game and be like, I know very little about this. I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm just going on the name of the game or a recommendation for somebody. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I mean, for me, I as I've gotten older, I try to control it a little bit more. Like with movies, um, I used to watch every single trailer and TV spot and everything that came out for movies. I can't watch clips once the once they start showing like here's a clip from the movie. That's when I hit, I hit my cutoff. Yeah, but for me, like I've gotten better. I still can't do it for the things I'm like super crazy for you know like the the star wars is and the, the the marvel movies and stuff like that i have to watch every trailer that they put out but for the most part i've gotten pretty good at either being like okay like i've seen a teaser or i've seen a short trailer or i've heard enough of this movie to be like i, I know i'm interested in it i know i want to see it i can avoid watching trailers for it like i watched the 
the teaser for War of the Planet of the Apes the other day, and I was like, okay, like I'm good. Like I'm I'm gonna see this movie. This looks like the kind of movie I wanted it to be. I'm psyched. Um, for games, like for me, it, it becomes a thing where I don't hunt down like, like I probably watched I watched the Watch Dogs trailer that was at E3, and then I just stopped listening. I just I didn't see anything same. about the game until it came out and it's the same thing for most games like there are very few games that i fiend to i go out of my way to watch trailers and stuff for um you know if the first trailer gets revealed at a e3 or something i'll watch that stuff or an event i'll watch that but i don't dig so hard for that stuff i mean there's there's difference like you know like the new zelda game or the new mario game like i want to know what that is and i want to see it and so i'll hunt for that stuff stuff like it's more elusive, like this Tacoma game that's coming out from the Gone Home people. You know, Fulbright, it got delayed, and it, you know what is it? And there's very few, very little footage out there. Like I, 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 see, I search that out because I want to know what that is. But for the most part, I, I've gotten pretty good at sectioning myself off from stuff I don't want to see. Um, like I didn't watch a single trailer for Westworld before it came out. I watched one, the first one, and that was it. I was like, I, it's, I get, I heard the concept. I know the people who are behind it who are making it. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I'll watch it. If the first episode is not good, I won't watch it anymore, but it's not going to it's not going to hurt me to to do that. So I'm not a person like there are this there's this whole movement now that's like no trailers, fuck trailers. And I get it, but no. But I can't be that way. No. I, I th- there are just something like when it's like, "Oh man, the Avengers 3 trailer is out. I, I can't not watch it. I just can't do it. I can't do it." I, I sometimes I wish I could be that person. Because it'd be really cool to go see Rogue One and not have not know what any of it's gonna look like. Yeah, but that's never. I can't, be, do, I can't it, do media blackouts. It'd like be that. never be me like that. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> oh, I think the other question we had is a little too in depth. Oh no, 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 that's not what I want. This one, Michael Zadro says, if you guys could remake any game, what would it be? I think mine would be the Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. I remember this question the first time it got asked to us and I said the last of us and then like oh, I think oh. that day they announced like that that day or the, like the they following the day they announced the remaster of uh, the last of us which was probably not a great answer at the time um if I get a remaster of anything it might be like the Mass Effect trilogy well not a remaster a remake oh a remake yeah oh a complete remake yeah like Final Fantasy 7 is doing or whatever do you have one of something in mind I mean I don't have exact stuff in mind i think i there's like a whole there are like games i wish like got more money and time to make the games that that they were making you know but i I think that as far as a straight up remake of something that's a tough one um because a remake would imply that it's an older console well yeah at least ps2 probably xbox i mean I would love to see a remake of Advent Rising. And I've, oh, wow. I've mentioned that before. Wow. Just so I could go back and be like, you liked this game. Like, do you, why? Like, what about it really caught my eye back then that I ended up liking it so much? Mm-hmm. Um, and would that still hold up today? Yeah. Like, that's one that I, I'm, like, I'm thinking about. But, like, it's hard for me because, like, I didn't have, um, I didn't have, like, a PS2. Mm-hmm. And I had an Xbox, but I got it very late. Right. So, like, I had an NES, but I didn't have an SNES. I had a Genesis, but I barely used it. So, like, it's yeah. hard to, like, pick out, like, do I want to remake a Bubble Bobble? Like, that's, <laughs> that's, like, my my main uh, um, memory of, like, an NES. Yeah. And, like, you don't want to touch the Mega Man series. You don't want to remake of those because it's no. perfect the way they are. I mean, I would love to see a... Here we go. Uh, I would love to see the original MSX Metal Gear games remade in like modern engine stuff so like the nes M- msx okay metal yeah. gear games all right that makes sense like done in those that style with those cutscenes and like linking the story together and i even would love to see i think it would be great if they could they could do like a remaster or a remake of the first metal gear solid just to give it modern controls and but i, I always want all those games in the metal gear 5 engine that's what i want with those controls and that those those those, those uh those the good way it felt, which is which was so good. That's what I would go for. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I could really think of. Like, well, was there anything for you on like the Xbox 360 or PS3 that you thought like, oh, I really like this game, but it's flawed and or I couldn't go back to it now. 
Not off the top of my head. All right. I mean, okay. I could probably think of like this. I'll be thinking of this question in bed later tonight, and I'll be like, "There's hey, oh, here's five games that right. I, I could have thought of." Um, I'm gonna think about that for the next show. All right, cool. I I keep forgetting to talk about this every time we record, but I did. I went back into Firewatch and did the like commentary mode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really cool. If you're into like, there's something crazy going on out of your window. Yeah, I know. And I just opened the window too because it's like a thousand degrees. In yeah. Here. Um. If you're into like what it takes to make a game or any of that kind of stuff, it's really neat because, and they institute it in the world in a really cool way. So you're playing through the story. You, you have to you have to start a save or reload a save. But uh, as you walk through, they have little stations with cassette tapes, and Henry takes them out of the thing and puts them in his Walkman, and he plays them, and it's like commentary. And they have to do this big areas and. Some and they'll they they'll unlock in certain orders as you play through the game. So they so there'll be like a station that's like number nineteen, and it'll have one tape at first, and then you'll come back to it later in the story, and it'll have another tape saying something else. But they also have these things where they set up like these easels and like chalkboards with like concept art and stuff on them. They have like uh, like like basically stationary character models that are like this is the Henry character model and what we were thinking for it and stuff like that. It's a cool experience and a cool way, if you've already played the game, to play it again, spend three hours and go through it all. Burnout Revenge. Oh, good one. I was thinking of the Burnout stuff. Those games are awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, Twisted Metal 2. Okay. Which would probably be terrible, but... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have so many memories with that game. Speaking of Burnout, Burnout Paradise, I think... Is backwards compatible. Backwards compatible, and it's going to be free yes. next week yes. or something like that. Yeah. Or this week, probably, if you're listening to this, because this is next week. Um... Because I think this pa- this week when we were actually recording this, it was Lost Odyssey was free um, on backwards compatibility for Xbox. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Talking Games podcast. Uh, follow us at Talking underscore Games. Games at TalkingComicBooks.com is the email address. Please keep those listener questions coming in because we want to do a few every single week. Yep. Um, review us on iTunes. It means a whole lot. It's the best way to promote the show. You'll make me quite happy. And... <laughs> Or you'll make him really sad, and then he'll get your review taken down. I got only that happened once. <laughs> the guy didn't know what he was talking about. He lied. And <laughs> check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TalkingComics, because we have game-focused stuff. Like we're doing this show live right now. You can get early shows if we have shows in in sort of the hopper waiting to be released. Um, we're doing a video show every month called Pints and Pixels, where we're going to play a game, we're going to stream a game, and some of our hosts and if you're at a certain level of, of donation, uh, you'll be able to watch that show. And another level of donation, you'll be able to be part of that show. So we've set up a, a private Discord server for everyone here. So if you make a Discord account, which if you know what that is, it's a free chat app that it's for like cross-game things. You can do it on your phone, on your, on, your, on your desktop. It's really good because you can just basically click to voice on your phone and talk through your phone uh, and be chatting with people on there. Um, if you have a Discord account, or you don't, make the Discord account and then just go to your Patreon account. There's a button that says link your Discord account, link it up, and you'll be automatically added to the server if, if, you're, a, if you're a Patreon member. Um, you can chat with us um, and stuff like that too. So it's, it's a cool thing. It is. Yeah. What's up, Justin? We got a quick question okay. uh, from Jacob Davidson. Um, I didn't realize that you put out this question on, yeah. on the Twitter. Uh, but he had a question about Overwatch very quickly. Okay. He says, my question for Overwatch... Um, it's clear Junkrat is the best character. Why do people try and say otherwise? <laughs> Junkrat is the worst. <laughs> builds that ult charge ridiculously fast. <laughs> and his grenades are bouncing pieces of garbage that somehow always land in my face. When he shot them across the map, hits three walls and lands on me while I'm trying to heal somebody. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's right. Junkrat's the best. <coughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So uh, follow us personally. I'm at Bobby Shortle. Justin. I'm at Jerope, J-O-R-O-E-K. All right, awesome, man. Uh, oh, Q is at H underscore pause. And Kelsey, Kelsey is Kelsamus. Yes. Um, all the Twitters and all our gamer tags and stuff are in the show notes if you want to follow us there and check those out. Friend us on PSN or Xbox Live or Steam. Just make sure when you friend us, uh, just include some text with the friend request. Say like, oh, talking games. If you literally just say that or just podcast. We'll at least know that, like, we know who you are. That you're a 
You're cool. You're cool. Absolutely. Um, But that's going to do it until next week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Bobby. Be good to each other, everyone. See you later.